Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 205 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. And I'm Kevin. It's 205, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Peter Lemon was 204. I was going to say last week, but technically last week, but also this week. Yeah. So, so 205. Okay. Did not... uh, For some reason, I was thinking we, we were further along. But I guess not. No. Huh. We're getting there, though. We are definitely getting there to further along. We're the, the further of the long. So what do you got this week? So this week, because my die roll was history, I did a history topic. It's, I mean, that um, would make sense. It's uh, Bloody Thursday, 1934. Uh, it was the um, West Coast Longshoreman strike uh, in San Francisco, Portland, all that whole area. Okay. The whole West Coast <clears throat> went on strike. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm, because uh, I was a pretty bloody little, you know, it's a case of cops being assholes and, you know. Fair. Beating people's heads in for no and shooting people for no fucking reason. Are they all cops or are they got like Pinkertons here too? Because they're assholes all, as well. Well, as not we've 1934. Pinkertons are still around. Yeah, but they're not like. No, they were still they were still active in the 30s. Well, this was cops. Okay. So, um, so uh, get right into it. So on April on yeah on April. On May 9th, 1934, West Coast longshoremen struck, uh, shutting down docks along 2,000 miles of coastline, including all its major ports, which were are Seattle, Tacoma, Portland, uh, San Francisco. Ah, the land of ports. Yes. Uh, San Francisco, San Pedro, and San Diego. The issues included wages and hours. The longshoremen wanted $1 an hour, uh, the six-hour day, and the 30-hour week. Which is, I mean, it's not anything unreasonable. Uh, 30 hours isn't enough, though. Well, I mean, they weren't being, you know, saying that we want 40, you know, because they probably knew that they couldn't get 40. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean... Most of the time, they were probably they were more likely, you know, working sixty fucking hours a week and making nothing for it. <clears throat> probably. So they uh, they wanted to uh, also wanted union representation, but above all, they demanded the abolition of the hated shape up and its uh, replacement with a union hiring all hall. Uh, the strike would last eighty three days in total. The San Francisco Longshoremen called the Embarcadero, which means the slave market. Mm -hmm. Each morning at 8 a.m., the workers would gather um, as often as possible. And not 
not desperate for any opportunity to work, you know. I mean, some of them, you know, they're they're pretty desperate, but some yeah. kind of weren't. <clears throat> many some, some are showing up because it's expected of them. Yeah. Um, many would gather, then uh, were needed. Some would be skilled, regular men. Yep. Uh, other transients. Scouts. Then, yep. Then uh, all grades in between. The hiring boss, the pretty... Uh, the petty dictator on the dock would stand before them. Uh, he could take any man he wanted, reject anyone he pleased. So, I mean, if you were the guy that was, you know, a regular or skilled, you could be just thrown off, you know, because you could be not chosen by some guy. You. Yeah. Yeah. By some guy that was a transient, you know, or or was... Not a transient, but was from around the area and just didn't know as much. Yeah, a scab. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's kind of... Because we can hire them at half the price that we can hire somebody that knows what they're doing. And if one of these fucking dummies gets hurt, who cares? That's not one of our regulars. Exactly. You know? Uh, This was an ancient system. Uh, And profits depended... uh, They explained on the fast turnaround... But the sea, the tides, and traffic limited planning. Still, the quote-unquote, the ship must sail on time, quote. Right. You know, was always up in the air. They clung tenuously to, to the system. Casual labor and the ship up. Shape up. The leaders of the Dock Workers Union, the racket-ridden International Longshoremen's Association, ILA, mm-hmm. In 1934, very much approved of it. The men despised it and felt it was cruel system, a, a cruel system that placed them at the bottom of the hierarchy of industrial work. On the docks, conditions were crude. The longshoremen's work changed little from one generation to the next. Yeah, pretty much you're doing the same shit as your grandfather yep. was doing. Unloading ships, loading ships, yep. taking fucking bribes here and there when you need to to get shit off ships that... Shouldn't have come in in the first place. Yeah. Or uh, you're taking shit off of ships, not realizing what it is, and then ha- realizing you don't have a manifest for it, and then selling it. Maybe. Watch, uh, was it season two or three of The Wire? They, they do a lot of shit down on the docks, and they get really into the just how scummy uh, the, the fucking Longshoremen Association really can be. Yeah. Uh, you know. Cargo, no matter how rough, was loaded and unloaded essentially by hand. By gangs of men who relied chiefly on physical strength and skill and cooperation, the employers, however, insisted they all they were all quote unquote unskilled, un uh, human machines. Yeah. No matter what job they did, they were required. The late historian David Montgomery wrote, quote, "To push or pull enormous weights." Aided only by the most elementary inclines, pulleys, wenches, uh, winches, not wenches, winches. No, very different thing. Yes. And screws, and above all, of their own teamwork. This condition, uh, their outlook and consciousness, and created a common outlook, and an outlook that might, uh, might extend even into the crowded waterfront neighborhoods. Uh... Survival depended depended on cooperation and a sense of this identity. Hence, the common a common appeal of longshoremen. Right. 
The strike right from the start was solid. In San Francisco, the shippers' best hopes, however uh, fanciful, were dashed on May 13th when the city truck drivers voted city truck drivers voted unanimously not to work on the docks. This despite the opposition of their leaders. And that's a whole nother fucking union. Yeah. Teamsters followed suit mm-hmm. in Seattle, Oakland, and Los Angeles. With that, the prospect of success with strike breakers vanished. That same day, sailors and firemen voted to strike, and they were followed by cooks and stewards, then masters, mates, and pilots, thus making it a maritime strike. I know a couple of guys that are teamsters, that, and they will tell you that that union is nothing to fuck with. Yeah. Um, probably even probably a little bit less then than it is now. No, it was, it was definitely, you, you definitely wanted to fuck with it less then than you do now. Oh, I bet you it's, yeah, yeah. Because back then you would have had, like, your mafia guys more involved with it than they are now. And Well, I don't know, I don't know so much out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. West Coast still had mafia. Yeah, maybe. And, and they could have, you could have also been sending, in the, you know, um, an affiliate out from the Midwest or even out east out there to, mm. you know. So say, uh, for example, the Gambinos have a, a big cut in the Teamsters. Shit starts going sideways out here with a, a Teamsters local. They can send this guy out there to go, listen, get your shit together or you're going to wake up one morning with no kneecaps. Yeah. You know, I'll pry them sons of bitches off with a crowbar. <laughs> yeah, you'll, or you'll be sleeping with the fishes, yeah. you know. I'm going to sleep with your wife, then you're going to sleep with the fish. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to make you watch first. Yeah. Or you'll be fish bait. Uh, on May 15th, for the first time in history, not a single fire uh, freighter sail. I'm sorry. On May 15th, for the first time in history, not a single freighter sailed from a Pacific Coast port. Lock that shit down tight. Yeah. Uh, the employers, increasingly desperate, were led by the Industrial Association, a San Francisco equivalent of the National Association of Manufacturers, then leading the battle to maintain the open shop uh the united states is in an this is a quote from them the united states is in an in uh, the united states is an open shop country uh they were joined by the like-minded of the pacific northwest as well as those of la where the authorities were determined that los angeles remain an anti-union citadel yep uh a June 5th meeting, 100 San Francisco business leaders voted to place the full responsibility for the conduct of the waterfront strike in the hands of the Industrial Association in cooperation with the ship owners. They, in turn, engaged the city's authorities, the police, then even a reluctant federal government in secret preparations to uh, break up the strike. Yep. By force. Sending the nasty girls and yes. bust it up. Uh, their plans included organized vigilantes who uh, would contribute to the ex- uh, exceptional brutality of the conflict. The press, hysterical, denounced the strikes as uh, vo- uh, the strikers as vultures who fed upon the plight of the poor city. The Central Labor Council passed a resolution demanding communists they were called among the maritime strikers 
that, that saying that yeah, there was communists amongst them. Yeah, of course there was. The first, the best of the best hope. First, the best hope for an early finish was to be found then not amongst the employers. Rather, it was in the conservative leaders of the AF of uh, L. Above all, Joe Ryan of the ILA. On May 24th, Ryan dressed in... If there's one thing you don't trust, it's a fucking Mick in a union. Yeah. (laughs) Dress... Or an Italian in a union. True. Don't trust either one of them. No. Maybe don't trust Polacks in unions either. Eh, he might be able to. I don't think you should trust anybody in a union. True. Because, yeah. 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 Not uh, to be racist, but unions are fucking garbage. No, right. That's not racist. <laughs> uh, on May 24th, Ryan dressed in splendor, a pinstripe tailored suit, painted tie, diamond rings, strode into San Francisco to announce that the only issue was a recognition by the employers of the ILA as the Waterfront Union. Then on the 28th, he announced an uh, arrangement agreement sorry, signed by the Pacific Coast officers. Deputies over wages and hours would be sent to arbitration. The employers shall be free to select their men. This is his quote, their quote. Yeah. The press proclaimed victory and announced the strike over. Yet, that very day, longshoremen and their supporters clashed with police on the Embarcadero. The police broke up the crowds of pickets, first with clubs and tear tear gas, then sawed-off shotguns for Brian. The next day... Wait, the cops had sawed-off shotguns? Yeah. Lame. The next day, Ryan appeared before the longshoremen, still seething, to sell... uh, to sell his agreement hailed with insults boos and profanities in several languages uh he was howled down thousands of longshoremen unanimously rejected his settlement the same happened in portland and seattle the die was cast the ial would open the port uh, by force the association formed a trucking company, assembling a fleet of trucks and hiring warehouses, then hiring employees. Right. The truck would be, uh, the trucks would be unarmed, but the police chief William Quinn assured them every available police officer would be detailed to the waterfront to give the necessary protection. Remember what I said about don't trust an Irishman in the union? Yeah. It applies to the police, too. Exactly. Um, so basically, at this point in time, what you're saying is the union has basically said, fuck all y'all. Yes. We're going to reopen this bitch, and we'll uh-huh. bring people in from outside. Yes. Now, these guys are like, but wait, we we need jobs. And they're yeah. like, nah, no, you don't. Not really. So... Yeah. I can see where shit's about to kick off here. Yeah, and they're like, what the um, fuck? They're pretty much probably like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you're taking our fucking jobs. Wednesday was the 4th of July. The association paused, fearing what might happen to the mobs of spectators celebrating along the Embarcado. Thursday was uh, fog-laden. That morning, heavily armed police, 1,000 strong, lined up to escort a column of red trucks moving toward the Embarcado. These were filled with strike breakers, hired to reopen the port. In front of them were thousands of pickets led by longshoremen. Uh, this was the 57th day of their strike. 
Okay. Uh, they were joined by thousands more sympathizers, hundreds of them Teamsters, still honoring the longshoremen's picket lines. Huge crowds filled the streets. Others hung from windows and rooftops in anxious anticipation of certain battle to come. Mm-hmm. The Battle of Ritcon Hill, this is what it, it was come to be known, began at 8 a.m. Okay, bright and early. Yep. Rincon Kids Hill. are off to school. Start a riot. Yes. Well, I don't think so. Not this time. I think they're probably not in school until 9. A bunch of lazy fucks, dude. My first first class started at 8 o'clock when I, back in my day. Well, I think this was more of that, you know, you have to do chores and all that shit in the morning. You, start, you get up at fucking 3 a.m. to start your chores. I don't think all of them did. I mean, you, you still had to have... We're also talking city kids. They didn't have chores. Uh, they might. You're not milking a cow in San Francisco. I bet you this was a San, different San Francisco than... Uh, There's something that could be milked at that time of day during San, in San Francisco, but it wasn't I, a cow. Well, in 1934, this was a little bit different San Francisco than we know today. Oh, they, they didn't let the gays there yet, so it wasn't quite yeah, as I mean, nice it as was, it is. I think it was, there was probably still some, like, rural... Yeah. to it. Even though San Francisco is one of those shithole countries that was spoken about before. Countries? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, they passed a law where you can't be arrested for shitting on the sidewalk. Oh. And then some dude shit on Nancy Pelosi's doorstep, and she lost her mind, and he's like, pass a bill about people shitting in the streets then. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have yeah. shit in her mailbox, dude. Yeah. I'd have shit on her. I would have waited until she walked out and shit on her shoes. Oh. Oh, that's okay. You fucking jerky woman. Yeah. Uh, so, Rincon... <laughs> <laughs> Rincon Hill, then still a working-class neighborhood, was a slum. It was home to more than a few longshoremen and their families, mm-hmm. workers who still lived where they worked. Some of its shacks were... Shit where they eat. You know, that's, that's just where, you know, that's how you did it. That's where the magic happens. You know, uh, some of its shacks were remnants of the 1906 earthquake. It stood just near the western anchorage of... Uh, Bay Bridge. Now, was the... I, I can't remember. Was the 1906 earthquake worse than the one in, like... Was it 80 or whatever that happened during the I World think, Series? Yeah. Because San Francisco's been butt-fucked with earthquakes. Yeah. I can't remember which one was worse. I mean... I mean, I don't think... <laughs> there's probably no such thing as a good earthquake. No. Except for That eventually just snaps that entire state off. And well, sets it afloat. That'd be a really fucking big one. Knock on wood. Fingers yeah. crossed. We only got like two listeners in California. We'll get them the fuck out of there. <laughs> uh, the rest of that shit can tip over and yes. submerge into the sea. So it stood. Okay, so it just stood near the western anchor, uh, anchorage of the Bay Bridge, then uh, being framed with great towers of orange steel, and to the south, miles of industrial waterfront. The strikers charged the police lines, only to be driven back by tear gas and then live ammunition. Yeah, that'll that'll fucking do it. Yeah. They built makeshift barricades. They threw rocks, bottles, and bricks. They returned the tear gas canisters. Charging mounted police overran them. The fighting went on all morning. In the afternoon, it spread to the Market Street, where crowds of spectators assembled to watch the action. Hundreds of hundreds of them pressing on the to on to a footbridge at the foot of the market. Then at 3 o'clock, the strikers surged 
down Mission Street, attempting to seize the waterfront just to the south. Um, <clears throat> this is a quote uh, from like newspaper headlines. The strikers, in an eye, uh, an eyewitness account, were described as coming from everywhere with fresh loads of iron and stone. They swarmed the Embarcado, outnumbering the police. The police answering with gas and more gas. Still, volley after volley crashed into the closely packed mob, searing flesh and blinding and choking. Well, that's the problem is they weren't organized. You got to, you know, you come in in a phalanx. Yeah. You bring your shields. Well, interlock. No, well, they didn't fucking, you know, protect them in front of you. Then, if you have to, to deflect. The, the gas you do the tortoise thing they're, old Roman style and you roof that shit they're they're they're, they're people then you come a, in you just fucking whack them in the ankles with listen, sticks and these, shit these are the guys that just know how to you know load a boat unload a boat you know that's I all, bet they could fight though maybe they, they got fucking Popeye forearms every last one of them <laughs> these guys are out here uh, eating cigarettes like they could fight somebody ah okay alright and you know they all have those like those wool fucking hats rolled up just over the top uh-huh. of their ears. Uh-huh. They can fight. So they're trying to say it's they're kind of like uh, Rocky? No, no, no. It's like, uh, what the fuck's his name there? Uh, uh, Marlon Brando. That one movie. On the waterfront. He was a longshoreman. I have never seen it. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Wow, I, damn, dude. I had to watch that in high school. I didn't. Man, Interesting. you suck. It's a good uh-huh. movie, though. Sorry. So, uh, when the ranks broke, Couldn't mounted <laughs> when the ranks broke, mounted police drove in with clubs, trampling yep, those who could not be who not get out of the God. <laughs> fuck. Okay, we start again. Mouth make words. Yes. When the ranks broke, mounted police drove in with clubs, trampling those who could not not get out of the way. The sirens screamed, and carload after carload of police. And plainclothes men armed with more tear gas and shotguns swung into action. Fucking dickheads. Yeah. The newspaper, newspapers reported two dead, uh, 67 injured, some critically, just that afternoon alone. No cops, I'm assuming. No. The dead were um, Howard Speary, a longshoreman and war veteran, Nick Bordosi. I'm gonna probably say that's how he pronounce his last nope, name. You didn't pronounce it right. Maybe it's Bordosi. You gotta get the. I'm sorry. It's probably Bordusi. It, do, it doesn't matter if you get the Italian hands and you say it. You've pronounced it correctly. Oh, oh, sorry. So, Bordusi. There you go. Okay. Nailed it. A culinary worker, a member of the culinary worker. Yes. Ah, Italian chef. I called it. Yeah. Probably remember, had a big, thick, fucking mustache. He is a member Brillo of Brillo pad arm hair. Maybe. Oh yeah. Oh, well, I mean, he, he, uh, I don't know. He was Italian, he, not Greek. Never mind. Uh, he definitely also, had that little, like, gold horn necklace. Well, thing. he's part I mean, he's part. Remember the Cooks Union, but he's also part of the Communist Party. Oh, fuck him. I'm uh, glad he's dead. Uh, I uh, hope they came with a brick. <laughs> Cocksucker. Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Commie fuck. So the police had <laughs> won the day. That same afternoon, Governor Frank Merriman declared a state of emergency and ordered the National Guard to the waterfront. You know what? I'm going to go as far as to say I fully support police brutality in that case. Okay. Killing communists? All right. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, do it. Let's be like that then. So uh, the newspapers again declared the strike finished. One, <laughs> <Yeah>. one, battle, <laughs> the yeah. one battle was not 
uh, one battle lost was not, however, the end of the war. Still, the widespread police campaign of terror and the rise of uh, vigilantism had taken its toll. That night's reports from the Embarcado recorded knots of pickets, grim sadness, defeat, in the stoop of their backs and in their faces. Harry Bridges, the young Australian... Sorry, this is a great name. Okay. Harry Bridges. Harry Bridges. The young Australian who emerged as the strike leader expressed the move. And that, then they're just like, we can't use that word. We'll just make him sound way more articulate than he actually is. Yeah. Even though he's from England's trailer park country, Australia. Yeah. Which, I mean, you guys are great. Just everything there wants to fucking murder you. True. You know. True. Uh, could be worse. It could be South Africa. But, like, it's a little touchy. <laughs> so, at, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Mr. Bridges here, he kind of had a good little, uh, background to how he came to the waterfront of the U.S. <laughs> I fell on a boat and landed here. Yeah, well, he actually, uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, <laughs> he's 16, uh, a 16 son of a Australian real estate broker had left home and gone to sea, inspired in part by reading the stories of Jack London, and there became a union man. He landed in San Francisco in 1920, soon thereafter being, beginning work as a longshoreman. Briefly, he was a member of the Industrial Workers of the, of the World, IWW. And actually, it's funny, my, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, mm-hmm. um, was actually part of this. The IWW. I I did at one time. I don't know where the hell it went to. I had an IWW. Um, what do you call it? A flag? Kind of like a banner type a thing. A pennant, maybe? Maybe. More like a pennant. Yeah. A micro tapestry? Mm, we're getting warmer. We, we might be on to something here. A thick curtain. No. Okay. okay. We just went in the wrong direction there. We'll go with micro tapestry then. Okay, I'm now I'm gonna go with a pennant. Fuck. Okay. Okay. And you know, if you don't know what a pennant is, it's they had them back in the day. They used to be like a some like a baseball team. You used to win them for baseball. Now you fucking don't. Yeah, like used to be like the uh, baseball teams used to have them. They used to be like a kind of like a, a, a long, long triangular, long flag. triangular. Yeah. But this wasn't that though. It was kind of um, rectangular shaped. Okay. You know, but all red, and then it had black lettering. Did it have, like, frilly shit around the outside of it? No, but... Okay, so it's not a tapestry. But it was kind of old, though. So, I don't know. Maybe... I don't think it was a tapestry, though. I I think we're splitting hairs here. I know. We might be. It was a cloth item with shit written on it. Exactly. There we go. So, briefly after... uh, Briefly, he was a member of the IWW, like I said. Uh, By the 1930s, he was known as a plain-speaking militant... who consistently championed the cause of the rank-and-file longshoremen. He joined the group um, that put out the waterfront workers, uh, a mimeograph sheet that sold for a penny. So basically a newspaper. Yep. Uh, It was written by sailors and longshoremen and featured articles on hiring, working conditions, and the bosses. So it's kind of a little bit on Mr. Harry Bridges. Okay. Uh, in February of 1934, the West Coast uh, Rank and File Convention was held. 
no paid officers could attend. They agreed on a series of demands, including an end to the shape-up, to be replaced by a union hiring hall. They set a strike to date. Bridges could, uh, would become the president of the San Francisco ILA in 1935. He held... He helped lead the West Coast Longshoremen into the International Longshore, Longshore and Warehouse Union in 1937. Became its first president as well as West Coast chairman of the Congress of Industrial Organizations. He entangled problematic relationships uh, with the Communist Party, often defined him fairly and unfairly. So... That's kind of a little bit on him. So now we're going to jump back to 1934, 1933. Um, But before we do that, let's take a break here, and we'll come back and we'll wrap this up. You know what? Why don't we? Okay. All right. So we're back. We'll finish up this uh, bloody Thursday. So in 1933, however, Bridges was still an independent or was still independent enough not to join the quote-unquote red maritime workers international union instead he joined the ila as a as did longshoremen in their thousands he chaired the strike committee in 1933 1933 was the year that american trade unionism was reborn a revival of monumental proportions workers joined or rejoined unions in literally the millions Co-worker, nope. yeah, that's a lot. Co-workers returned to the United Mine Workers in such numbers as scarcely could be counted. I mean, well, think about it. You know, you got the. Um, this is kind of like uh, the the New Deal coming into play. Okay. You know, sort of, because I mean, we're coming out of the depression. Things are. Tr- Starting to kind of look up for Japan's us. Japan's about to fuck up real bad here shortly. Soon, soon, soon. Germany's um, in the process of fucking up. Yeah. <clears throat> true. Very true. Italy's gonna. Italy already fucked up. Yeah, but Mussolini was already in power, but at this point, and that was a terrible fucking idea. Well, so was Adolf. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Germany's in the process of fucking up. Well, they already were fucking up, but just nobody knew about it. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's yeah. the process of. Um, so on June seventeenth, in a single day uh, after after Roosevelt signed the National Recovery Act, eighty percent of Ohio miners signed up. The organizer expected the balance to be signed up by the end of the week. The story was the same for garment and tile workers. So with unorganized. With the unorganized in the mass production industries, and also for the working class of San Francisco. <clears throat> the, so basically, we're trying to turn all of the union workers, no matter what union they're in, against their unions. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was think. What I was thinking, we're getting at here. Well, more people just kind of like joined right up. They're like, you know, want to become part of these unions. Yeah. Because to get protection. Right. From the boss tweeds and su- such. You know, of uh, the fat cats who didn't give two sweet shits about, I don't know, what little pay you got, how many hours you worked. 
Because they could have worked, you know... You know, it's weird. 100 hours plus. It's really weird. It's almost like it's the exact same way today. Except now, you don't have to join a union. Because every once in a while, once everybody gets fired up, the boss is just like, hey, you know what? $15 pizzas. <laughs> and it shuts everybody up for a minute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the San Francisco strikers were not alone. Far from it. Uh, they, too, were products of the times. This uh, severely limited what the shippers could do. In the first days of the strike, 400 Oakland longshoremen had stormed the city's piers, driving out police and strike breakers. Portland strikers at attacked a ship housing strike breakers. In the course of the battle, they threw policemen into the river <laughs> and beat others. Fuck them. The Seattle ILA leadership opposed the strike and stood aside while stood aside while strikebreakers worked the port. But to no avail, a flying squadron of 600 Tacoma longshoremen. Man, I could have swore you were going to say flying squirrel there. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I don't know. I didn't you said know. flying, and then you started with an S, and I was like, "Why the fuck are they doing with he's that?" He's going to say squirrel. And he's going to say flying squirrel. Yep. Son of a bitch. Yep. No, I said squadron. Uh, so the 600 Tacoma longshoremen joined by fellow workers from Everett and Seattle. Uh, all of the militant men could, uh, that they could be found invaded the waterfront. At one point, 2,000 men battered uh, down the pier gates, drove the police aside, and halted all work. In San Pedro, the port stayed open, but it took more than... 500 arrests, strikers were arrested, kidnapped, and beaten. A 20-year-old longshoreman, Dick Parker, <laughs> was shot by a L.A. cop, then serving as private security for a strike-breaking firm. Man, they had, all, they had some great names back then. Yeah. Uh, Parker had joined the ILA only the day before. He was the first of a half a dozen to die in the course of the strike. Man, talk about fucking timing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like we did fucking North Hollywood. One of the first officers like to respond had a, had been an officer for like six months yeah. and had never done anything more than a couple of like DUI pullovers. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's some fucking asshole with a fully automatic AK swinging around in the parking lot. And he's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Except this guy, uh, this guy died. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, thousands would be arrested and more thousands beaten. Solidarity with the striking maritime workers was already widespread. It deepened in the course of the conflict and became and came to extend far beyond the piers in the waterfront neighborhoods. Thus, the killing of the two San Francisco strikers aroused a mass Massive outpouring of sympathy with the strikers. Over the weekend, the bodies of the two strikers killed lay in the state of the ILA headquarters where uh, thousands fled, uh, filed by to see the, and honor them. Mm -hmm. The longshoremen pressed the city for the right to hold a funeral procession on Market Street. This was allowed if the ILA would promise to keep order. Really? Yep. It's present. Now, don't want to bury the lead. I, I was gonna about to say, I'm surprised the cops didn't show up and just start cracking fucking skulls. Yeah. Uh, the morning of July 9th, a, a huge crowd gathered at the ILA Hall on 
Stuart, uh, Stuart Street. A brief service was held. The caskets were lifted onto open trucks, and the procession began. The novelist Charles Norris, the brother of writer Frank Norris, uh, he wrote the uh, Octopus, a California, a California story. Never heard of it. I've heard of the California Raisins. No, yeah, me oh. too. Uh, described the funeral procession. It says, "quote It was a spectacular and stirring sight as thousands of men and women." to the solemn cadence, cadence of Beethoven's dirge silently followed the dead and the attendant trucks piled high with reefs and floral tributes. With measured step, the vast procession of mourners marched up the main uh, artery of the city. Sidewalks were lined with women, children, and somber-faced men of every walk of life. Hours passed, and still the column moved onward. A great rush of rush lay over the line of march, broken only by the rhythmic trend of trudging feet. Tramp, tramp, tramp. On the workers plodded. Bareheaded, no talking, not even a cigarette. Tramp, tramp, tramp. Grave and grim, on they came. There seemed to be no end to the procession. There was no break in the march. There was no halting or hesitation. A solid river of men and women who believed they were grievance, who had grievances and who were expressing their resentment in this giant demonstration. This great march made the strike made the general strike until then at best a threat in inevitable a partial strike uh, general strike in fact was already in effect on Wednesday the Teamsters packed the Dreamland Auditorium they ridiculed their president Michael Casey and chanted bridges we want bridges how are we going to get across all this water without these without <laughs> any bridges <laughs> they voted unanimously to strike at 7am the next day by the morning of July 12th, uh, 20 unions had voted to strike. On Friday, the Central Labor Council, having resisted stubbornly for so long, finally met to consider the general strike. In a tumultuous gathering, 115 unions were represented. That's a lot of fucking unions. That is a really. lot of fucking unions. I mean, 115? Well, I mean, if you think about it, back then every occupation had a fucking union. True, and the um, like the mafia had their fingers in all of them. Probably, yeah, they sure did. Uh, after hours of wrangling, the motion was put. This convention requests all unions which have voted in favor of a general strike to walk out Monday at eight a.m. And also request all those unions which have not voted to hold meetings and immediately take action. It passed. 63 in favor, 3 opposed, 49 not voting. The council then created a committee of 25 to organize and lead the strike. They composed of conservatives, all people who had opposed the strike. Bridges in a gesture was only added later. The objective of the council, of course, was to be strict and to limit the strike and it, it it is 
to the end as quickly as possible. The authorities responded with a, quote, red scare. Unanimously, Uh Unanimously, the newspapers declared the strike to be a communist plot. The Hearst Examiner denounced the strike as a revol- quote-unquote revolution. The Los Angeles Times wrote, What is actually in progress uh, there is a insurrection, a communist-inspired and led revolt against organized government. There is but one thing to be done. Put down the revolt with any force necessary. Yes. The mayor appointed a committee of 500 businessmen to orchestrate response the chief of police deputized 500 new police policemen Jesus. and allotted sixty thousand dollars for purchasing ammunition that's a lot of fucking money yeah. for ammo uh rumors were spread by the communist army the i'm sorry rumors were spread that the communist army was set to invade the city vigilantes led by american legionnaires unleashed a reign of terror Okay, I've never met anybody less violent than get than dudes from the American Legion. Because like, most of them are just they just want to go and have a beer and just fucking chill. It's not like the French Foreign Legion, <laughs> where they will kill you. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if this was American Legion guys. We just said American Legion. No, I said American Legionnaires. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I I think when you, I you when I hear American when I hear Legion, American yeah. Legion. Yeah. First thing I think is a bunch of dudes sitting around with like their, yeah. you know, their fucking Vietnam hats and, you know, yeah, harassing the bartender and yeah, shit like that. But yeah, not that I've ever been to an American Legion and witnessed it firsthand or anything. But yeah. you know, uh, hey man, any place you can go and start drinking at fucking nine thirty in the morning, I'm down with. Uh, uh let's see. Uh, union halls were ransacked, soup kitchens destroyed, the offices of the. West uh, Western worker looted. There was a pattern. Quote, a line of cars filled with men in leather jackets drew up. They invaded the quarters, smashed windows, wrecked the furniture, threw typewriters into the street, and beat up uh, the occupants. The police invulnerably arrived just after the vigilantes had left and promptly arrested those who had been beaten. Uh... Similar raids were carried out throughout the the West. Nonetheless, on Monday morning, the strike was all but 100% effective. Some 130,000 workers had left their jobs. Exceptions, as in the 1919 Seattle General Strike, were mm-hmm. milk and bakery drivers and those who maintained medical and hospital services. And Union Committee decided... Electric workers who supplied light and power were also exempted, as were ferry crews on the bay. The uh, <clears throat> non-union department store, stores, hotels, and offices and markets remained open. Almost all else were, was closed. Still, the strike at once began, began to come apart. AFL President Gen, uh, William Green disowned it the conservative leader local leaders be, uh, began maneuvers to undermine it the strikers commit striker the strike committee insisted that all the issues uh, be s- submitted to federal arbitrators 
though not because they believed arbitration would win what the longshoremen wanted. Bridges held out for the hiring hall but lost, and by Thursday the strike was finished. Um, as one by one the union leadership uh, reestablished their authority. Uh, by the by, this time even the Teamsters had voted to return. So basically. The cops made up some bullshit about a fake communist invasion, blamed it on the union dudes, and they got their fucking shit pushed in, and they're just like, eh, let's just go back to work, fuck it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, By this time, even the Teamsters had voted to return. There was little to celebrate. Bridges told the sailors in an appeal that they that they all returned together. He said, I... Quote, I think the longshoreman is ready to uh, break tomorrow. They have had enough of it. The ship owners have gotten us backed up. We are, we are trying to back up step by step instead of turning around and running. The longshoremen themselves then voted to accept arbitration. Only Everett in Washington State dissenting. On July 27th, the dockers... Unloaded mail from the uh, Makara, an Australian freighter, the first to be worked in nearly three months. Uh, On July 27th, the dockers unloaded mail from the Makara, an Australian freighter, the first to be worked in nearly three months. The outcome of the strike in the most immediate sense then was at best inconclusive. Many considered it a defeat. William Crocker, the San Francisco banker, was jubilant. Uh, Labor is licked, he said. Longshoremen had opposed the arbitration. They had little faith in the National Longshoremen's Board, but the government's board held hearings in San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, and Los Angeles. That August and September... In October, it issued its award. It fixed the basic wage rate at uh, 95 cents per hour. So they almost got their dollar. Uh, $1.40 <laughs> for overtime. It established a six-day um, six work week, 30 hours uh, to be worked per week. Saturdays and Sundays and legal holidays were made overtime days. On the crucial issue of the hiring hall, the board ruled, quote, The hiring of all of the longshoremen shall be through hiring halls maintained and operated jointly. But the disp- dispatcher shall be selected by the International Longshoremen's Long Association. The longshoremen were to be dispatched without favoritism or discrimination because of Union or non-union membership. So now basically it's first come, first serve to, yes. to get work for the day. Yeah. If you so, show up late, you ain't working. Yeah, so basically they, you know, them striking and organizing, they kind of won the day. Yeah. You know, they did win. Uh, they didn't get exactly what they want, but they got more than they had. Well, no, they got what they wanted. They wanted, I mean, they wanted a dollar an hour. Yep. But they got close, five cents off. Um, they wanted their work week a six day. They got it. 
they you know they actually got so that Saturdays and Sundays were overtime. Yep. So they're getting more a dollar forty. <coughs> so a dollar forty per hour on Saturday. Yep. And if they happen to work Sunday because they had to, you know, because they needed to get shit. You, you know, got, yeah. Or if it's just busy, you got another yeah. ship coming in. Yeah. Um. So they were gonna get more money. Um. You know, holidays they got more money too. Right. So which, I mean, yeah, and, they, and they got their thirty-hour work week. You know, so I mean, it was a, a victory. The the men, however, already knew it. Oddly enough, they realized it at once, well before the board's findings. The strike had empowered them. It had illuminated their encourage their courage. Well before the October agreement, the longshoremen had underway a campaign that would utterly transform working conditions and relations on the West Coast. The unions were made more democratic. Racism was challenged. Their chief weapons, uh, solidarity and direction, uh, direct action. In the years before the war, they fought uh, in necessity. They detached themselves from the New York gangsters who ran the ILA. Mm, Quote-unquote detached themselves, yeah. Man, they may have. Because we know for a fact that up into the fucking 70s, you had mafia dudes. Yeah, in New York. Yeah, but still, it's, you know. You know, West Coast is different, man. Well, they uh, founded a new union, the International Longshore and Warehouse Union, the ILWU. And affiliated with the industrial unions in the Congress of Industrial Organizations. They came to see themselves far from the wharf rats of before, rather as the lords of the docks. Yep. Proclaiming, uh, you know, proclaiming that, quote, We are the most militant and organized group of workers the world has ever seen. All this they did from the bottom up. Yeah, they, they fucking worked for it. They sure did. I'll give yeah. them that. But still, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, yeah, you had to pay a fucking price for it. I mean... Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's... You know... It was interesting. I, I don't know... I don't really know a bunch about, like, the old old-timey union shit yeah. other than, like, the mafia involvement stuff with it, but... And I still think there probably definitely was some mafia involvement with this whole thing, too. Yep. There had to have been. Yeah, I mean, probably. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean... The, it, and actually, it, what it... And after, you know... Kind of things went by and things died down... They actually, it was turned out that the the strike was not actually a communist strike at all. Uh, a handful of party members, notwithstanding, although the cults of bridges, the union and the leadership have distorted this history, exaggerating exaggerating triumphs and distinguishing disguise. I'm sorry, exaggerating triumphs and disguising uh, failings. Yeah, and neither were the. Sh- were other strikes of 1934 revolutionary strikes, even those led by revolutionaries. The Bolshevist socialism of the 30s rarely was successful in pertaining, penetrating the rank and file of workers' movements and the union, new unions never in the long run. 
The longshoreman's strike was, however, a radical strike, a very radical strike, a mass strike led by rank-and-file workers, relying, as they so often have, on themselves alone. It was, in one sense, a festival of the press. It showed the courage of workers, of extraordinary people. It was an example of power of workers. So, I mean, you know, kind of... You know, it was kind of like a, it was a little bit of a quote of uh, uh, that I found that kind of you know made a synopsis of of um, the whole thing. The whole thing kind of was just you know it was a it was an uprising, but it was an uprising for the good. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I mean, it's kind of you know, it's uh, it's a good little. It was definitely interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah, some people did have to die. Th- did die. Not that they had to die, but they did. But their deaths weren't in vain. And the people injured, their injuries weren't in vain. You know, it kind of um, led way to show that, hey, these were real people. And they were just trying to show, you know, that you know we're fighting for what we love to do and well i wouldn't go that far it's more we're fighting for the jobs that we need well they um, i'm going to say they probably love to do what they did probably not dude well probably not that's that's fucking shitty hard backbreaking work it's it's more you have to do this to make money but that's all they know so that's what they that's their labor of their love just cuz it's all you know doesn't mean you love doing it I mean, some probably did. Look at my dad. The only thing he'd ever done for the longest time was work at fucking General Electric making airplane parts. And he fucking hated it. He hated it. But, you know, the money was good enough that he stayed. Well, not a labor of love. It's, you know, it's more I'm being paid well to do something and I'm going to keep doing it because, Mm. you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that's uh, that's the. Bloody Thursday strike. <laughs> that's the anyway. So that's the Bloody Thursday strike of 1934. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely more st- more shit like that we could cover too, because there's been a lot of uh, like strikes with mines and yeah, you know, race riots and shit like that that have gotten real violent. You know, exactly. Fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh... But yeah. So now that we're gonna move ahead here a little bit. Why don't you head on? Hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, wait. What? You got something to do before we, uh... Oh, motherfuck. Yeah, I forgot. We gotta roll this coob. So, last episode, Kevin rolled for me. I rolled a cult. He landed on a cult for me. We are making a... We are making an executive decision. It's not even an executive decision. We took it to a vote. It's an unforeseen loophole. Where I've decided, instead of doing a cult... I'm going to do a secret society because it's essentially the same fucking thing, but without potentially the religious overtones. No, there's religious overtones. No, there's definitely not. Not all of them. Some of them there definitely is. Some of them, but not all of them. This one, eh, a little bit maybe, but not quite. It's not the whole basis of. And when I think cult, I usually think um, manipulative dude that says, hey, I'm here to help you. Next step is, I'm here to help you, but I need your money to help you. I'm here to help you, but I need your money, and I need to fuck your wife. I need your money. 
I need to fuck your wife, and you're not allowed to do anything else. I made a bunch of flavoring. Yeah. That's a cult. This is more, we're going to do something for what we consider to be the greater good. Um, and it gets fucking wild. Um, you but I, I also say, you know, cult or secret society... I, I kind of you know I I'm gonna say that there's a there's a slash there that to you know to do either or no, I, th- some, like, I think that some kind secret of a... societies are just fucking having fun you know no like the Hellfire Club they were just like fucking in a cave there was no religious overtones there matter of fact it was quite the opposite they you know uh, I don't know you know uh, not to plug another another show's Patreon but. If you uh, if you follow Let Them Fight and you're on their Patreon, they just did the Hellfire Club last week, and it was <laughs> very interesting. I'm going to say this. Uh, the Hellfire Club, no matter what anybody thinks they know, I don't think we have a full picture of. I don't think so, but I know Benjamin Franklin fucked. Yeah, but there was, but he was also not only part of... He wasn't part of the Hellfire Club. He was. Well, he may have been an honorary member, but he was part of also... This other little group too, he was also a Freemason. Yeah, you, you can be both. I mean, but I think uh, there was a little bit more that went on with the Hellfire Club than people think. Right. Let's put it this way: you've probably never heard of the name of the organization that I'm doing, but once I start explaining it, you're gonna go, "Oh, I know what this is." <laughs> so anyway, let's roll this bitch and see what Kevin gets, <sighs> and then after. Kevin's next episode on the cube. I think we really need to get back on the road trip. You've been asked. We've had some requests, so we'll probably do a couple weeks of road trip after Kevin's uh, cryptid. Uh, no, if we're gonna do a cryptid road trip, we can't. Yeah, we can't. No, do... Can't do that. Sorry. How about a crime, Kev? Crime it is. Yeah. <laughs> do something gross this time, you fucker. Wait I don't a want minute. No, I don't want no kidnappings. I want some blood and guts shit. What if I do a kidnapping that ends in blood and guts? You fucking won't. What if I do? Because you won't. Fucking tell me You're a goddamn what? coward. What? Shut your pie hole. I want fucking murder. Anyway. I want dead bodies on the floor. You know what? Don't be a bitch. Do something gross. <laughs> I'll fucking do what I want to do. You better. So, anyway. Um, head on over to Patreon. Uh, patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast it's five bucks a month you get a bonus episode every week you get access to all of the ridiculous shit that we've covered previously and if you stick around you get all of the shit that's coming up so oh and also what we don't tell you here because you know it's kind of more of a secret kind of thing but if you join patreon not only do you get extra episodes you also get homemade with love stickers. So we send you a black sticker and a white sticker. So you can put them on whatever. They're permanent vinyl, so they're good to put on water bottles, put on your car, put on your computer, put on a toolbox, put it on whatever the fuck you want. But I will say this, if you're going to put it on your car and you live somewhere where you get snow, you're going to fuck that thing up with your brush. So... Don't put it on your car. Unless you live somewhere where you don't get snow. Yeah. Then you're fine. Yeah. So, but fines. other than that, uh, there's also studio.com. You can go over there and grab some headphones, some earbuds, or a kick-ass speaker. 
Throw it in your cart. Put in Dark Windows 15 at checkout to get 15% off your entire order. And yes, that means if you're ordering like more than one thing, you get 15% off the entire order. Not just one thing. They have the whole fucking shooting match. Oh, shabang. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. We have the Dark Windows Podcast group, which is where the magic happens. And you've also got the Dark Windows Podcast page, which is basically just the show page. Not a lot going on there. We post everything weekly. Uh, but you can also leave us a review on there, which is helpful. Or if you're on iTunes, Podbean, or I think Spotify, you can leave us a review there too. True. Super fucking helpful. Rate, review, subscribe. Five stars or die. Uh. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, if you give if you give one star, it better be fucking funny. It better if you give us like a three or something. I want some constructive criticism. Yeah. If you give us a one and you're funny about it, that's fine. I'm gonna read it on the show. If you give us a one and you're a turd, I'm gonna mock you. We are gonna light your ass yeah. up. I'm gonna I'm going to digitally burn your house down. And first off, a if you say too much swearing, well, there's a disclaimer, motherfucker. It says explicit content in the thing. You yeah. got the little red e right next to it. Yeah. That means we have potty mouths. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Justin Rimmel put it at the very top of his bullshit. It literally says on all of his pages, mysterious circumstances, explicit content warning. And the people still complain that he swears too much. Like, you have to not be able to fucking read to not understand that explicit content warning means he's going to fucking swear. And he's going to talk about some gross shit once in a while. It happens. We talked about a guy who shot three fucking kids when he was out on a fucking killing streak. Killing spree. Streak, spree, whatever. You know, I bet people are like, well, why are they talking about kids getting shot? Because it's part of the fucking episode. It happens. Shit happens. Yeah. We talked about potentially the worst person that I've ever had the displeasure of reading about, who's one of the world's most prolific serial rapists. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty fucking gross. So it happens. And there's another gross one coming up that I really, I want to cover it, but at the same time I don't because he's super, he's just disgusting. But since I recommended it for another show and they did it and they called me a sick piece of shit and they forgot who I was before they finished their thing. So lucky me (laughs) (laughs) basically said, whoever recommended this, fuck you. That was gross. Yeah, that was me. So, sorry, guys. Oh, well. Anyway. They did a good job, though. It's okay. But anyway. Yeah. So, I guess bye. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Yay! Bravo! Motherfucker, I've been doing it for 200 some odd episodes. I know how you to do that shit. 196, then. Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs>